This week's episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audio tapes or film rolls that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the rant room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States. Don't forget to mention the Screenwriter's Rant Room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rant Room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? What? Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer, Lisa Lisa Cult Jam is out today, but of course, I got my man, Chris Derrick, in the house. What's up, Chris? How you doing, boss? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, yeah, trying to turn off Roe v. Wade and shit. I see you. <laughs> I mean, see, it's interesting you bring that up. Like, like, you know, I was listening to this podcast this morning uh-huh. called Through Line. They were talking about the rise of evangelicals in American politics. That sounds like something I'd like to hear. Okay. And the thing is, is that we've been told a lie. We think that the rise has to do with the abortion debate. Mm. And it's not true because they were saying in in 68 and in 74, which is a year after the Roe v. Wade decision, Mm. the, the, like, you know, like, the, you know, like the, like the moral majority and these kind of like like big um, these these organizations of Southern uh, Baptists and 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 the Southern like evangelicals, they said that abortion was okay. Not really, back then, they said that abortion was fine. The reason why is because Protestants were so are so anti-Catholic mm-hmm. that they would be down with anything that the Catholic Church wasn't down with. Because oh, the Catholic Church isn't down with abortion, then the Protestants, like these, that, so like these, these evangelicals were, you know, like were, were cool with it. The right. reason why they're in politics today, and the reason why they, 
you know that they picked up the mantle of the 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 the, the thing with the the the, the um uh, uh, Roe versus Wade is because of segregation. Mm. There was a case in 1971 that went to the U.S. District Court in the District of Columbia called Green versus Connolly. And what, and, and what it was about was in 71 in the South there was still all that segregation going on in the schools. Mm-hmm. And, and even though in 1956 or 1954 was that Brown versus Board of Education thing, they appear, you know, like what was happening was the in, in the South, because they felt that their white supremacy was being uh, attacked by the, the federal the Supreme Court, they decided to pull all the white students in some county in like Mississippi or somewhere, they pulled all the white students out of the county schools. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they put them in these church schools that that had tax exempt status and, uh, yeah. um, um, and had the best like education. And so the black kids or the black families are like, that's some bullshit. You can't keep your tax exempt status if you're going to be discriminatory and not let black people you know, come to those schools. So they sued. And went to the Supreme Court, and they won. Hmm. And that sense of the Southerners having to send their children to school with blacks is why the evangelicals got into politics. It's not the abortion debate. That's okay. just a smokescreen. It's all smokescreen about the damn white supremacy. Everything is. Isn't that right? funny how here we are? And, and I'm actually glad we're talking about this. I know, I know this isn't screenwriting one-on-one, but there's stories in here. There's untold stories, and there's, 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 there's angles on stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? That somebody sure. could take and go, ooh, what if it's from the point of view of a kid who blah, 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 whatever the thing is, right? Um, and so it's fascinating to me, which is partly why, you know, no, no judgment on anybody who, you know, goes to church who listens to the show. <clears throat> it's partly why I don't go, personally, is because of things like this. Here you have the church standing up for segregation. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I realized it was a different time, but it's still going on now. You know what I mean? Those evangelicals, for the most part, a lot of them are following your boy. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it's very fascinating to me that they do this in the name of Jesus, too. You know? Exactly. And I I just can't. He was, he was, they were saying on the show that the whole, you know, that, that there used to be a, like a unified uh, Baptist movement in America until the Civil War, where mm-hmm. the Northern Baptists uh, were like, uh, slavery is wrong because the Bible says so. And the Southern Baptist says, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on a minute. It doesn't say anything about, you know, us, you know, not enslaving animals. So we can enslave these black people because they're right. animals. They're animals, exactly. Justification. You know, right. And that's how the Southern Baptists, like, they use the church to help, like, uh, like further, the, further the slavery movement. It's mm-hmm. fucking terrible. So anyway, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, you know, these stories you hear in these podcasts, they're fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, you know me, I'm a podcast head, too. One of my favorite shows is a show called Into America. And there's this, this black guy who's a big journalist, 
and he's just so smart. But he just interviews, you know, all the big wigs from the left and the right, you know. And he he stays in the middle of it, but he really makes you think, you know. Just a really really interesting cat. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, dude. That's I I think that if somebody listening to this show right now should be thinking, not why are they talking about that, but what's the story in that? It's the story, yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> and I know that that's one thing that John and Craig do is they take the news or whatever's popular and you know in culture and go, how can this be a movie? You know what right. I mean. So sometimes when we're talking about this stuff, you know, this is what you guys can be thinking about is like, what's the angle on that as a movie, you know, yeah. or as a TV show or whatever. Right. Well, so I, I remember that movie that uh, Aaron Sorkin directed, his first movie, um, Molly's Game. Yes. And the whole thing was about, okay, so this woman's being taken down for being, for, for running this gambling thing. But mm-hmm. you know that, that, that men do that all the time. So the story is kind of like this, kind of like is this descript is this this just gender discrimination on how the law is, um, like how the law is applied, you know, to people. Um, right. I mean, it's <laughs> so it's kind of like so you look at it, you go, oh, I mean, I, you know that show that was see there was that show on the air. See, this is this was this is why I'm curious to see the show now, and I I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see, but I'm gonna see the show called uh, Miss America, the thing about. Oh, yeah. um, you know, by Phyllis Shoffley with the mm-hmm. I'm wondering, did they get into how the fact, I mean, I, you know, like, if that's about the, the, the women's movement in the 70s, right. are they going to say that the fact that the Southern Baptists and these evangelicals were actually were actually down with, with giving women the right to have abortion until Reagan came into power in 1980? Mm. You know, because he's the one who, who realized he could harness that. You know, you go down there and say, oh, this is why the Supreme Court's a bunch of bitches, because they're not letting you keep Bucky out of the schools. I was like, God damn, you know? So it's kind of like, so there's a show in there, if you right. get the same way they did, like, like Miss America. For yeah. sure. But that, that's, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, is listen to that angle. Somebody either went down a rabbit hole, you know, or, or, or you know, saw a documentary on, what's the black woman who was involved in that back then? There's a black character on that show. Mm-hmm. I'm going blank on it for some reason in my head. <clears throat> really popular political woman. Um, that's not, I can't remember. That's not the same one who who wanted to run for president. That wasn't the same one. I think that was somebody else. It was someone else. Yeah. But anyway, there's stories like that. Like to me, like why hasn't that movie been done yet? You know? Because to me, she's a fucking amazing character. <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? Sure. Amazing character. Um, anyway, so but that's the type of things you know writers need to be doing. They need to be in, instead of always just trying to figure out what do you have in your arsenal, and I just can't think of a story. Sometimes this is why you you preach this a lot. Sometimes when you read shit or you watch these documentaries, you go down these rabbit holes and find stories that people haven't seen before, you know, or or you come up with a take on it that people haven't seen before. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean. Look, there's there's so much interesting. I mean, there's that thing on there's that sto- there's that thing on HBO with uh, Hugh Jackman, and I want to say it might be Kate Blanchett too. I, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it's, it's riff- some riff- not riffing the headlines, but it's something that was a news story. It was a, oh. it was about this school thing that was like that was, I think was like you know like um, like 
you know, like they were tricking their their grades to get people in the, to get the students, you know, like into better colleges. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a st- there's stories and all this shit. If you think about, I mean, the fact that there that someone someone thought it was a news story mm-hmm. means that it could be a movie, or, but, right? Or that it could be like a TV show because it's like, oh shit, that's what that is. I mean, there's a bunch of shit. I mean, there's I mean, I mean like HBO does it all the time, you know. And that there's a there's that movie that there's that movie that Billy Ray just did that was on, called the Comey Rule. That was oh, awesome. that's what I wanted to watch. I forgot about you that. Know? Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean that's all, all about your boy. You know, named Comey getting you know whole, he's holding with the FBI and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's stories everywhere that if you just need to go, what's the angle? You know, who, mm. you know, what's the, 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 the new angle is even yeah, more important. Right? Yeah, what's the new angle and what's the, I mean, cause it's like, you know, like the thing about Billy Ray is it's like, I remember he, he, he was on your boy's show, the break it down show. I can't remember, mm. you know, he was, on talking about, yeah, he was talking about Captain Phillips. Oh, Captain, no, sorry. Break your down show. That's Pete and Pete and John. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Captain Phillips, you know, like was like a big, big, you know, was a big story. People knew about that, the hijacking, everything like that, you know. But 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 so okay, yes. Yeah, so they're gonna be a movie. But his angle on it was, this is a story about two captains. Mm. There's one captain who will do anything for his crew, and one captain who will make his his crew do anything for him. You yeah. know. And 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 and, and 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 those two people are those two captains are colliding, and that's yeah. like and that's this simple way of saying here's the simple arc of these characters, you know, boom. Here's and this is how I'm telling the story. And if you look at the movie, it's like the you know like that opening act is all about you know like like setting up those two people to collide, and then right. the second act is how are those two people are going to, like, navigate, like, their different ways of seeing the world. Who's going to sacrifice himself? Who's going to sacrifice his people, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get what they want? Um, so they're, they're living parallel stories going down yeah. different different right. roads. Right, right, right. And, it, I mean, it is, it is told that way. Right. And it's fascinating, you know, if you go, and that's his angle on that story because you wonder, well, how do I make that story interesting so that the pirates don't seem just like these nameless killers? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have to make that guy as a compelling, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, with the guy, I was listening to James Mangold talk the other day about his Ford Ferrari, when you talked about that last, from last year, and he was saying, he was like, look, you know, you can never be a villain and, and have him be out for evil. Right. You, know? he, he right. Just, you can't, he said, I mean, he was being interviewed and uh, Doug Lyman said, okay, so that's the case how do you tell the story about trump <laughs> you know and uh and, you know you know and and he was like really he said real quickly he said oh it's the easiest story there is it's the easiest mm. story it's, it's a look at look, look at it this guy gets up every day and looks like garbage and he probably <laughs> has to spend a certain amount of time to get his hair right He's got to paint his skin. He's going to get. He's going to spend an hour on his own with nobody around him, right. just before his service to come in and see him, and then make him up. So there's this constant level of like, I'm going to be seen as mm. I, like like as I really am, and that's that's ugly to me and ugly to everybody else. And that's his struggle. 
because that's part of his thing. Both when he was up there running around, like you know, like his whole thing when he got sick and was out running around in the hospital and in the damn mm-hmm. um, motorcade was. I can't be seen as weak. I can't be, I, as a, as, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't be seen as a man with vulnerabilities. Yes, I can't do that. I'm and a super. All, yeah, all right. because of the fact that he has to do all that shit to paint his skin, to get that fucking nasty hair done. You, you know, he's probably <laughs> overweight as shit. You know, just just, just you know just, that motherfucker snoring like a motherfucker with that big old gut. <laughs> I know, and that's just terrible. So it's, it's interesting how we say because but 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 to me the counter argument is. I think that Trump, you know, I think he gets up and he wants to do evil every day because, you know, that's all it's he fun. knows. It's fun. That's all he knows. Yeah, he enjoys it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That, that's funny how you said that. Like, what, what would that movie be about? <laughs> <So> <laughs> but what's it mean? Like, the thing. What he is. Yes. I don't know. No. It's the thing that the mango, you know, it's funny because I was watching, um, Part of eight, and a, the opening of eight and a half, that that's Fellini movie the other day, and uh, it's interesting because like the first, the first maybe, you know, the first maybe three four minutes is like a dream sequence. And then the guy named Guido wakes up, and 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 you're in his, and he's in like some spa, and he's in like <laughs> he's in his stateroom at a spa, right? And it's kind of interesting because the first five minutes that you're in that scene, you never see him. Like the people are in the room talking to him, everything like that. And he is always behind his head, or he's hmm. bent over, so you never you never see his face. Right. Or he's in shadow when they like when he's talking to him. And I'm just kind of like, that's how Trump gets up. Like like he can't let no one see him. Right. It'd be interesting way to shoot. It's like, oh, there's this fat sloppy dude, and he's got to put on like a wig <laughs> and shit, you know. And he's you know, and his and, and his skin looks like, you know, and his skin probably looks like pork fat. So right. it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fat, damn. So you tripping now. <laughs> Alright, so let I know we jumped out for a minute, but if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. <laughs> you stupid Chris. So, so today, um, this is a special episode for me. Um, and I know it's a special episode for you too, Chris. Because you know, here's here's the angle that I want to talk about this, Chris. This this is the angle we could talk about. We talk about this all the time on the show. There's no real way to get staffed. Right. Right. We all know you can work your way up as an assistant. You can do all that other bullshit. You can run into fucking, you know, uh, uh, some showrunner at the fucking grocery store. You guys click. They give them the script and tomorrow you can be in the room. There's right. all kind of raids that could happen. So what made me think about this is it's still another unorthodox way of getting in. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, just to let the listeners know, yeah, please do. Um, I got staffed on a show. Yeah. You know, I got staffed on a show. I started. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I started the room like last week. Um, it's been thrilling. It's been, you know, uh, uh, it's there's a lot of work to do. It's not a first season show, so um, it's just there's just a lot to do. And but but the staff is really dope. The showrunners are, are really dope. It's one of those rooms where the, you know, he's not playing hierarchy. Um, and it's just like, it's the best idea wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, look, you know, I told you in the beginning of this year, mm-hmm. you know, that like, I didn't think that I was going to get on a show 
unless I had sold a pilot or I had directed a movie. Yep. Um, you, you said you know, those exact words. You know, and, and, the, and I said that because, look, there's all these ways people can get in. There's, you know, look, the, the, the routes that a lot of people who get in who are people of color is they got to get in through one of those those uh, diversity programs, you know. And, and, and that was always now something I tried to do several years ago, and I was really not, uh, you know, it's, for a lot of reasons, it was like trying to, you had to do so much stuff that was a little, it was just like, you, you have to watch these shows that they are going to, you know, uh, like accept as the type of shows that you can write on, that you can write mm -hmm. a spec on. And then we're in this era where, you know, to write a spec on a show is like, it's it's such a, it's, it's a big time suck for to try to get into these programs and it doesn't have much else use for, you know, like, like anymore. You know, in the last, like, say, five years or so. And, you know, and also it's like I don't watch a lot of American television. And so um, it's like and the shows that, that I actually love to have written a spec on, like, they just weren't on that list. I mean, mm -hmm. look, and, and those are maybe ultimately like just like, you know, just like um, uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, it's just maybe it maybe me rationalizing, you know, like, oh, it is not to not to do the work. You know, I mean, I, I did do a Daredevil uh, a couple years ago, I did a Green Arrow a few years before that. You know, I did do a Sons of Anarchy when that was on the air. You know, and I got probably the farthest with the Sons of Anarchy in terms of there's that like five percent top five percent couple they cut off to give you a Warner Brothers. Right. Um, you know, and then last year I had that fucking terrible manager, that asshole guy, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, but but he kept saying to me, he's the one who kept saying to me, you can't get on a show unless you sell a show. You know, and I was like, it's the stupidest thing in the world. I was saying to myself, if I had sold a show, why would I ever want to be a staff writer? I just, at that point, oh, no, I, should what you as, I should be able to come on as a consulting producer or co producer if I've sold a show. At uh, least. You know, because at that yeah. point, it's like I've had to do so much work with the executives and all this kind of, and with the producers and the, the pod and the network. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, like, like you're interacting with people that you don't as an assistant and don't as a staff writer, you know, or, right. or, or, or entry level writer, you know, and, and, you know, last year I, I put a, a bit, I said last year I was going to put a big effort in trying to get in staff and then the whole thing with the firing the agents and all that stuff, just like, you know, like really derailed what I thought well, would have been. Like well, a good let me, let me interrupt you for a second. <clears throat> I'm glad you're talking about that because that's, that's exactly what I wanted to get into with you. It's that what people don't realize is this seed you planted, you've been planting for like a year. This has been nothing but, let me try this thing, that didn't work. Let me try this thing, that didn't work. Let me go out to lunch with this person. Let me, let me do this, let me, you know, all this step leading up and then the Rona came, bam, right? Let yeah, me write no, no, the script. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking yeah. about Rona, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about even last year, like when the, the like, like when the, when we had to fire all our agents. Like right. once that happened and they put that staffing portal up, like at that point it was like, you know, like it derailed what I had thought. I mean, you know, granted, this I've talked about. There's tons of tons of of EPs and show creators and showers that I know. I've mentioned that to like uh, at least a dozen people, like on right. the podcast of years that I know. And and there's a lot of it that is really timing. It's like you know, do they have a show? Is there an opening on the show? Mm -hmm. You know, or is it like you know? A, and do a, you a, fit the box there? Yeah. Look. And do right. I fit the boxes they're looking for? You know, and you know, and that whole thing about. The diversity thing was not something, again, that, that's not something that, that's not how I wanted to get in. Because I no. heard all these stories 
people that I, I knew about how hard it is to break out of that stigma. Yes. And, you know, and I was saying to myself, I mean, look, I, you know, am sure that I can contribute to a room in ways that, that 90% of staff writers can't just because of my background in writing features and mm -hmm. directing stuff. And it's like my, my understanding of story and like and, and saying we got to write on a budget and oh, we got to rewrite this because we lost locations. Like that's all experience that I have right. that I'm sure that most people don't <clears throat> have. But I just was, but you know, but the, but those things they never aligned themselves. Like people, I mean, big people. I could have asked, you know, like I, I remember talking with Chris Kaiser about trying to be on um, uh, uh, his thing he did with Billy Ray, the the last tycoon, and mm -hmm. and and they both were like, oh yeah, let's talk about second season because when the first season was announced, you know, like the time I heard about the first season, it was already going. Right. You know, and the, and the thing about the people don't realize is the minute you hear about a show in the, the press, it's too late to do anything. Yep. Train's already, already gone. It's, it's already gone. By the, because yep. they're making you sign these deals that you can't talk about shit until yep. X, you know, until it gets to a certain point, and then they give you the okay. So mm -hmm. there, was, there was always that stuff happening, you know, and, and, and Last Icoon, like, did not get a second season because I was supposed to go to Shadow on that or I could have been in the room. That didn't happen. There was a, a bunch of situations like that that didn't happen. And, you know, um, it just was like, you know, man, I want to do the movie and for a lot of reasons. And then, you know, then, but see, there's also this thing too, right? I was, I was, I came across this notion when that time when, when Miles Feltzot was on the, the, mm -hmm. the room, right, right when he, when he was getting ready to read for Denny class. And remember mm -hmm. I asked him afterwards, I could submit him something. He was mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, send me something. I mean, but then the thing I realized at that point and just after that was there's like two types of there's two types of pilots that you that you can write. There's a pilot you can write that would get you staffed that you want that you write solely so you can get staffed, or is a pilot that you're writing that that, that you want to try to get in development yeah. and, and try to make a show. And they're different types of things because you might choose to do like the whole kind of like the slow burn stuff that you are interested in as a viewer. That's the kind of stuff that you watch, everything like that. You really can't write a pilot like that if you want to get staffed, if that's your thing, because you're not doing enough like intense writing in those yep. opening ten pages to get the showrunner to say, "I want this writer." I want it because you're yeah. probably thinking, "Oh, yeah. when they're reading, their attention spans is way different than yeah. when they're reading in a different way." Right. For sure. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's thinking about like Breaking Bad or thinking about Mad Men. Like, like Mad Men is a is a oh, is a decent pilot. Up until the last three pages, when you realize he fucking lied, they right. just full of the life. It's just and, you, and it's like so you're asking then the 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 showrunner. So I'm only gonna read ten to fifteen pages of your thing unless he really really loves your thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, to, to to get to the get to page fifty four for your pilot, and he might not do that before he knows it. Like if your pilot like has the goods, so right. that so that was something I was like oh so. Uh, so I got to write something that I think could be, you know, to fit that mold. And that was a little difficult for me to just like come with an idea that worked that way and stuff that I was developing, you know. And then I started working on something. And then, you know, this is maybe the, 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 the around this time last year, I, I started working on a, on a project. And I thought, because mm -hmm. I, I missed some of those deadlines for the, uh, uh, the, the fellowships and stuff like that and I was like yeah fuck it you know like that's oh that was the year I heard that like maybe the year before I heard that like 
that Shonda Rhimes' assistant was applying, was applying yep. right in. And I said to myself, why is she doing that? Like, oh, like the letter coming from Shonda has mm-hmm. got so much more power and it's, it's easier for her to get into the system than it is for me at that point because I don't have that kind of, like, like a heavy hitter like that to, like, vouch for me. It, or, you know, or well, might even, like, like, like oh. But, but some people are asking, why does Shonda's assistant even need the program? Right. There's that I'm just going to be real with you. If I was Shonda, my assistant should not need the program. I should be getting her other jobs. Exactly. I'm just going to be real with you. That's just my exactly. thought. But there's just shit like that that you don't know what's going on. I mean, like, 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 you don't know the politics behind all sorts of shit. For sure. So, you know, so no essentially. To Shonda at all. Yeah. So essentially, I was like, okay, I'm going to start writing this thing. I started writing this pilot. But. I had, but you know, Derek Hughes and yeah, shout out to Derek because he's always yeah, hooked brothers up. We appreciate yeah, well, like Derek, Derek Hughes sent me with a meeting, yeah, with someone over at Sci Fi. Mm-hmm. I sent her the script that I wrote that was like a really personal script, you know, yeah. this, you know, it was really personal. That wasn't trying to, that was a script that I was like, this should be a show. I'm not writing this to be like, you know, like to hit some boxes to like to, to perk you up by page 10 mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I had a meeting at, at, uh, at, at uh, University of Productions, and the woman was just like, just loved my script, mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you why this is. I'll tell this part of the story like later because that's to do with part of the reason. Why no, I tell it. tell the whole story. I love yeah, that. Yeah, So so this is this is in the summer of, of 2019. Woman loved my script. We talked, had mm-hmm. a great. It was like a 90 minute meeting. She had talked mm-hmm. to me about like possibly you know have you in, in, any interest in Krypton any interest in Lobo, which is another spin-off DC thing that was going to be a sci-fi. And I was like, yes, yes, to both. Yes, yes, yes. But then Krypton didn't come back. And mm-hmm. then, fuck, you know, and then the network sci-fi didn't like the, the Lobo enough to give it a series. So those things disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and Derek was like, just like, you know, like stay hungry, keep asking for stuff, keep looking for stuff. And then I had, I sat down with Ben Watkins mm-hmm. and I was telling him, of, and, and he was like, look, you got this feature background. You have to capitalize that on every meeting that you meet. Tell everybody you have that and tell them why that is going to be beneficial for them. You know, exactly. just because just because you don't have staffing experience doesn't mean that you are an inexperienced writer. You know, like right. like if you sold movies to studios and did all these rewrites to producers that you should be able to use that. So then, so that he was gener- generous enough to say, if there's a list of five or ten people that you you know, that, that you want to meet. And I know them, I'll make a call. Right. And then, you know, he set up like three meetings for me with this the guy who runs Doom Patrol and the people who do Westworld. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, you have an amazing voice. Like, you're, it's not just your script is dope. This is not something that I, the, the, it's something that people had, had not seen, which mm-hmm. is key. You got to write some shit that no one has, has, has seen, yep. you know, which is tough. Because mm-hmm. people are, you know, so much shit is like, wow, what the fuck is not seen, you know? Yeah. Um, point were, of view, though. It's point, point of view. view. Yeah. It's all about point of view. And then they were like, oh, and your writing is killer. Like, yeah. like these people, like these big companies were like, well, we want to develop something with you. We can mm-hmm. put you on staff if you want that, but we want to develop something with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, 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 let's do that. You know, there was... And, you know, they talked to me about a show at, at, at Westworld People, and they were like, there's a show that we could go, I'm not going to say what the show is, but they were like, like read the book and, and let us know what you think. It's a long shot because 
the showrunners are looking to bring in people that they've worked with before on their previous show, you know. Um, <laughs> so just, but but she was going to champion me. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, blah, blah, blah. I sent her, you know, so look, it was an outside shot. It didn't happen. They, but she was like, look, there's another show that'll be in the summer. So I was talking, so just stay in touch with me. This was like in December, in mm-hmm. January. So December 2019, January 2020. You know, boom. Uh, you know, like nothing. So then it's like, I got to wait till the fall. So I got to wait eight, nine months to even try to mm-hmm. get on the show for someone who is interested in staffing me. And that's just the executive at the company, not the showrunner and everything like that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay on her. And I sent her like a book that I, we talked about like in the meeting that I really love. And she was like, I love this, you know, just, I just did stuff to like stay in her mind. Um, and then I met with a friend of mine, major writer, major writer, producer mm-hmm. in Jan- January, sat down with him. You know, he's known me for like 10, 10, 12 years. You know, and he knew me as a feature writer, and he was like, "Look, I tell him about my story about how I broke with my brother." And he was like, "Look, you need to get on the staff. The, the industry is so TV based right now that if you get on the staff, it'll just it 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 it, it it'll allow you to to re, to revitalize your TV, the movies you want to do, and you be able to do TV stuff." And he was mentioning people who were just on his show who were like playwrights or first time like staffing, mm-hmm. and now they had got stuff set up and. Just because they had been on the staff and they got in the system. So I I said, I said, okay, I'm going to. Oh, they also said, if you need anything, you know, don't, you know, like, just give me a call. Hey, Chris, can I I, I pause you? Keep your thought right there just for a second. For the people who are wondering, with somebody like you, because this is something I have to justify all the time. So I'm just wondering if you ever have to justify it. When, when people know my background and they realize all the things I've produced or worked on or whatever, you from the indie world come to find out that I went on a, took a staff job on a show two years ago, you know, there was a reason for it. You know what I mean? So what oh, was your reason? So, well, so, so the, the reason for the staffing is this, is that two, two is one, if you look at the way the industry is, it's so much moved away from indie film. And, and the thing about indie film is is that the whole thing can happen in a vacuum and the movie can come out. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and no one is going to know, you know, how you work as the writer, how you work as the director, you know, how you handle the set. There's all mm-hmm. this stuff that no one's going to know unless they, unless they actually ask the producers or stuff like that. You know, and they might not, you know, or there's or a very small... It's a super small community that's on a movie. If, if it's for indie film, mm-hmm. because there's no one who can talk to you. There's no studio supervision. There's no like like no one saw that script like like make the rounds around town and everything like that. So no one knows that you did anything unless the movie gets made. And because right. I spent the last five years trying to get two different movies made that didn't get fun, they got partially financed. It was millions mm-hmm. of dollars in the bank, and then the shit disappeared because that's how shit happens in the indie film world. Right. Um, and I just was like, fuck. But what Joe Wilson has telling me is a good friend of mine and this other big, big producer guy were like, if is that once you if you work on a show, then you're in a system. You're in the corporate system and everyone could check on you from from a business point of view, like, did this person, you know, make good on the investment we gave them? The investment we gave, which is giving you a job that is giving you huge money. And you're a representative of this corporation as it's trying to 
uh, exploit its property. So there's a lot of kind of like uh, there's a lot there's a lot of burden on the shoulder of, mm -hmm. of, of vetting. And once you get in, well, then you, you know you prove yourself, and, and everyone's like, oh yeah, he can write, she can write, blah blah blah. You know, she's good in the room. She's a, 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 a she's an asset. She's an asset to the corporation. You could be an asset to any corporation at that point. Because mm -hmm. So, so you could be at CBS, you could be at ABC, you could be at Netflix. They all know. Okay, they, oh, okay, you know what? He's not crazy. She's not a fuck up in the room. She can like deliver and make the deadlines and make the rest of the machine go. Because right. it's like I say all the time: if you're writing your movie, your or any film, maybe it's going to trigger like three million dollars, maybe mm -hmm. you know right. or less, depending on how it's going to be done. If you're writing a feature of something for the television, then you're triggering like a hundred million dollar spin for a corporation. That's mm -hmm. the episode budget. That is the you know the advertising budget. It's this whole machine, and all these people and all these people get to work for months. Right. So that's the so so they have to know, <laughs> so, so yeah. they have to so the corporations have to know. Can we trust you? Can we bring you into the system and trust you to make sure that you don't derail the train? You know, so right. that so so that's part of what I got. You know, from this big producer guy, and I was like, okay, I want to do that this year. Like, like, how do I do that this year? And he was like, look, if, if you you know, just call me if you need. I'll help you out. He was like, I mean, I I emailed him afterwards, and he was like, look, I'm your biggest fan because mm. I love what you're trying to do. That you you know that you're honest on your own. That you didn't let right. the, the the, the years of the years of struggle defeat you. So boom. So you have a couple of allies, is what I'm hearing. Right, right. You know, mm -hmm. now granted, big guy, big big mm -hmm. guy, known him for years. You know, he and he had read my stuff years mm -hmm. ago, but he hadn't read anything new, and he didn't he didn't necessarily ask for anything from me from me right now anyway. And and the thing is, I wasn't even gonna ask him that because I didn't want to ask him. I just wanted his advice. I wanted him to know what I was doing in terms of like my my new career direction. Because it had right. been like three or four years since I had talked with him, maybe even a little longer, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was excited that he said, "Come out of the office, this is me." Blah blah blah. So then, you know, it's the next months. It's the, the then the Corona hits right when my managers are starting are trying to give me some jobs for. Oh, and you recently signed with your new managers too. Right, right. Year, so yeah, some yeah. new managers, and they were so we were trying to get. You know, the, in February, I got this list of like, here's the broadcast stuff. Can you come, mm -hmm. like write stuff? And I was like, look, I, and, and I told my manager early on, I said, look, what I need from you is to let me know when shit is is getting ready to staff, because there's somebody that I know, uh, probably someone I know, on a show that I want to be on uh, that I have some connection to, either right. someone who's running it or someone who's worked the person running it, or someone at the network who's who's overseeing that show. And mm -hmm. so we were doing this stuff, and then there was a show at ABC that you know I was really interested in writing on, and that I thought I could write on, and that you know got pretty far. But all of a sudden, with the pandemic, just like you know, like like delayed shit, and it's mm -hmm. uh, just more of this delays. And you know, I went to meet at the, some people tried to somebody tried to send me a meeting with Berlanti. You know, oh, this is something that we can talk about in another episode. But mm -hmm. so, there's someone I know who tried to send me who told me that they would give me like. A, a meeting at the right with the right exec at Berlanti. Even asked to read a script of mine, and they never did shit. This is something that they all volunteered out. Oh, you would do yep. this? You know what? I said, you know what? I'll make the call, get you that meeting. Oh, give me a script yep. to read, blah, blah, blah. I'll, and then sh nothing. Crazy. And it's like, you, you nothing. So then mm -hmm. I talked with, with, talk with another writer friend of mine who I'd met the previous September 
a big, big, big EP guy who's, who's running an Amazon show and a Berlanti show. And you know, I met him in September, and I asked him. He wanted to read a script of mine. He asked for it, and then I sent it to him. He was like, "I'm busy. Just stay on me." And I was like, "And it wasn't until February that he mm. read it, you know." <laughs> and, I sent it, and, and I sent it to him in August, right. the year before, and he, I, he read it also because a good friend of mine, like, also knew him. I was like, "I'll call him too." And just so I'd have like two. I'd have someone else again vouch for me to say, "Hey, right. this guy's shit." I read the script, and it's good. He read it. He loved it. He was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'll get you the meeting that you want at Berlanti. I'll mm -hmm. get you the meeting that you want, you know, like at Warner Brothers. And I went. He set that up. I, you know, and I, and so I went and, and got those meetings. They were, they were, there was one that was really good. The one at Warner Brothers was amazing. And the one at Berlanti, I kind of fucked that up. Uh, mm -hmm. Just, just. Sometimes you're off. You know, it, it, well, I'll explain that too. It's like I was pitching myself in a certain way, and I try to get me—I try to get it to meet with this the Blanty woman the year before with my manager, and <laughs> so so when I was talking with her, she was kind of like referencing me from that previous manager's email, and she uh, never read my, and also she never read my work. She just took the meeting because the, the EP is for general. Up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, general. But she never even read the work to even know if I should. She should be taking a meeting with me. And so, but the the worst thing was that one guy who told me that that, that he was going to set the meeting up and did you know and never did. I was mentioning him in the meeting and and she and she and she just and it just drew, it just drew blanks. And and that's when I realized that guy didn't even fucking do anything. Wow. And I was like, and I was kind of like, why did he even like like volunteer that he would? But the mm -hmm. other guy, but the big guy, one guy, he set the meeting up. It was mm -hmm. really good. The people over the people over at Warner Brothers were like, "Let's talk to you about some shows. Here's some shit that's open for you. You know, can, can you know, can you read these? Can you watch this show? Want to know if you're interested in it? You know, this is like in May. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I did that. I, I went home and watched like like a whole season of the show that what that was like. I just watched the whole thing and it wasn't even for me. But I was like, I know I can like work this. I I can mm -hmm. work this show. And you know, I reached out and then. Derek Hughes is like, we had talked to, talk to, you know, Derek Hughes tell me some things to do. And it was like, talk to people at Berlanti as well, because it was a Berlanti show. And I was like, that's not going to be that cool, because that woman, it just, it, 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 my meeting with her wasn't that strong. So I, I knew that that was going to happen. So, mm -hmm. and then, you know, a good friend of ours actually got the opening on that job. And mm -hmm. he's much higher, much higher level than me. And even though that they were looking for a staff writer, I knew that they were like, oh, they just hired a black guy. They're not, you know, exactly. they're not, they're not hired a black guy. Too. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good I am. Yep. You know, or who's behind me. They're not going to hire two black guys on the staff on a non-black show. Exactly. So I kind of just pushed that to the side. And I was like, ah, you know what? And I was just like, I was like, back to the movie. You know, I was mm -hmm. and I was working this movie that I'm actually, I got three scenes left to write. Um, and to finish the draft, although that wouldn't be a first draft, but I must have rewritten chunks of it dozens mm -hmm. of times. Um, well, you're like me. By the time you get to your first draft, draft it's like, like third or fourth draft. Yeah, because yeah, so, exactly. I've been workshopping scenes and pages and all sorts mm -hmm. of shit like all year. Um, so then, the could and then the committee of black writers had this showrunner meet and greet, and you know I did it the year before. And so I met Ben Watkins. He was really mm -hmm. cool. Everything like that. I then met with these. these yeah, other I brought people. I brought Ben in. So, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. on, but this year, 
I met with a bunch of great people. There was this guy named David Andron who runs Snowfall, and I met with Julie Pleck, um, and I met with Speed Weed, who's on uh, oh, yeah. um, uh, Arrow, something like that. And then I met with these other show showrunners, who I'm not going to mention. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 honestly, like they were the people that I really, really want to meet. Out of everyone, I mean, I, w- I want to meet David Andron. I wanted to meet Joey Pleck, but I knew they weren't hiring because mm-hmm. I knew from Leonard Chang, who's, who's David's partner, there there wasn't going to be a spot on Snowfall because they were looking to add women to that to that room because it, right. it was it was low on women. Yeah, they've been doing that for the last couple of seasons. Like that's yeah. how Tash got over there. Needed a woman like a mid level, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. They need that. So to me, I was like, okay, fine. You know, what I mean, and I, I, I had a great conversation with Leonard, and he read my script, and he was like, dude, mm-hmm. I would hire you if I could, but I but I can't talk about having equality in my room and not have it. And, mm-hmm. and, and I said to him, I get that. But he was like, look, I want you for two of the shows that I have that, that, are, that if they go, I want to reach out to you. I was like, cool, man. You know what? I, I just wrote that down in my thing. He told me what they were about, so I'm going to remind him. Um, but, these, but these other producers that went, I had... Fan- now, in the meantime, before I had that meeting, there was on Twitter who was a white woman who was trying to say, I want to get more black you know, like writers read. I want to get more black writers read. Mm-hmm. It's all about exposure. And I sent her a thing going, hey, I'm this writer. I would love to send a script in to, to get read by your network. She was like, I'll do that. She, so th- and so I was being read around the time I was doing the, the, the show and her meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And then I met with, so then the, the people that I met with through that, the woman who read me was like, I don't believe you're not staffed. There are people who there are people who are supervising producers on my show who don't write as good as you. So let's talk about what's happening, you know. And we talked, and she was like, when she just she was like she was like tell me about yourself and blah 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 blah. And then she was like, how did you write the script that you, you know that you said? And I told her the story. And she was like, she was like, why aren't you leading with that? <laughs> the story behind that is what you lead with because yes. people will not forget that. That is so unorthodox for a writer, for the background, for people will just, I was like, okay. I was, she was like, she was like, so your homework lesson is figure out how to start every meeting, talking, mm. f- find a way to get that story. You just told us about the origin story for why you're, why you write mm-hmm. and why you write that pilot as what is the thing that, that brings you in. Cause they're, they're always going to ask you. So tell me about yourself. And you and, and so then, how do you tell that story? Or just right. what, what, what? It's not about where you're from. I don't give a shit about your, where you're from. Or, or, or you'll talk about why you can write and why you wrote the stuff that you do. Like, like what's really behind the, 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 what's the etymology of your writing ability and your voice? And so I, so I went back and I, and I had to rejigger that when I was in the middle of telling the, the, the show and I mean great things. And the, it just so happens that the last people that I met with are the people that I really wanted to meet with. And I had that, that, that new version of how to pitch myself down. Oh, so that was that? Okay. And I had it down and because mm-hmm. I was practicing it on David Andron, he was like, that's really amazing. You should tell Leonard that. And I, and I wouldn't tell Leonard. He said, mm-hmm. Leonard? And I said, no, no, he should tell Leonard that. So I told Leonard, he was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that about you. I want to have, this is why I want you on my, on, on, on my shit when I do next. 
you know, and we know Leonard. You know, remember he oh, yeah. earlier saying that, "Hey, I'm looking for a writer for Snowfall." You know, mm-hmm. and the thing is, I didn't tell him this thing about me that was like that would have been helpful for his show. But then again, because of the way he wanted it with the gender thing, he could would have hired me anyway. So he was like, right. "But that's fine. That's totally fine. I respect his opinion on that, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that he told me." A lot of times, you know, people don't tell you why they don't, they don't hire you. So this showrunner guy, he was like, "Send me something." I was like, wow. And he was like, have your people just read out to me. So I, uh, I called my people. My manager mm-hmm. said, can you get this over, a pilot like, you know, like over to them? And we'll see what happens. In the meantime, okay, this was in July. But, in, but, but once the things didn't work out with Berlanti and Warner Brothers in May, I was talking with my boy Joe Wilson. And he and I were talking about developing some projects. Mm-hmm. And we sort of we sort of we came up with about three really really cool ideas. Started working them, and then he got brought on to a CBS show, right. and he was like, "Oh, and my deal says I can't develop anything for thirty weeks, so <laughs> we can't do anything with what, what you and I are talking about for until yeah. that thirty weeks is over." I was like, "Fuck, thirty weeks is like I mean, what is that? That's eight months, you know? So that's like early next year." Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, fuck. But he said, but what I'll do is I will have you read by the woman who is in charge of the show. Uh, because I'll try to get you on my show, but I know that they, the show owners are, are interested in bringing in someone who's a staff writer on a Zoom room and all this kind of shit like that. He just was like, look, I can't. But the woman at CBS was like, wow, your fucking shit is, you're, like, you're, like, your writing is amazing. Your writing is amazing. I want to get you, uh, so I, so is, is anyone I can set you up with? And I said, oh, I just happened to meet with these guys. Blah, blah, blah. She said, oh, I'll call them, tell them I met with you. And because me and the CBS woman had this fantastic conversation. She was like, I'll call them and say I met with you and that they should read your pilot. Mm. And then I got a call like a week later from that company. They were like, so like, let's have a general. I sat down and had a general with them. I thought it was just going to be the showrunner. But mm-hmm. it was like the whole company. What? It was, it was like f- six people on that Zoom call, which I was mm-hmm. like, shit. So, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, wow. And they just were like, let's just talk about the stuff that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I, you know, they just were fascinated. I was telling the same story that I told the same story. Well, I did tell the same story that I, cause I already told them. But they were like, just tell the other people about what we told them how, how, how dope you were. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they were at the end of the meeting. They were like, "Oh, we got something that you might be interested in." Does it sound interesting to you? And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." You know, they're, they're like, try to oh, play it down. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I said, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's it. that's the world I'm interested in. I'm like that. I, you know, uh, I, you know, I, uh, I watched some episodes of because, like I said, it's not a first season show, and I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll let you guys know." So I went, I went home and I watched like the whole season in like three days or something I never do because you know I never binge anything um, and because I had like the weekend and I wrote them a letter and I said this is what I love about the show this is how I could contribute to the show this mm-hmm. is you know I, I was very specific about what I what episode really touched me and why and why right. it spoke to me and then and they said that's great that's great we, like, we love it we'll get back to you now, that was like in early August mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything you know, and, and they were like, send us some log lines of the shows that you had developed. And I was like, I sent those to them in, a, in, in the same email, and 
I didn't hear anything. And then mm-hmm. I got a call right before Labor Day saying, oh, so the show what I mean, he wants to meet with you. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, let's meet him. I thought, when? When? They're like, tomorrow. I was like, <laughs> okay, so this is actually yeah. cool shit. I had a meeting with him. He hadn't read my script yet. Mm. But he said the production company is really is really hot on you, so I just wanted to meet you, you know, let's just talk, blah, blah, blah. He talked, and he was like, look, I should know in like a week, you know, like what my needs are. I was like, all right, just let me know. You know, I was on Labor Day. Mm. Before Labor Day, nothing. Didn't hear nothing for nobody. Right. Know? So then I said, well, you know what? I'm not deterred. I still I, I came up with this new idea for a movie that I wanted to write. I was telling everyone about it in my last thing. We had the spy movie that I wanted to write. So we're mm-hmm. a spy movie. I'm working on a movie for the people like the woman who produced like Happy Death Day. So I'm mm-hmm. working on a movie for them, a horror film. I'm I'm all deep in the research and planning all that shit and just everything. And then um, I just decided to reach out to the showrunner. Say I reached out to him on Twitter. Just said, Hey, dude, just want you know, I think this is what I love about meeting you and blah, blah, blah. Some other shit I mentioned about his a previous work that he did that he was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were like you were that into my shit. I was like, yeah, yeah, dude, I am. Um, and that was it, you know. And then Thursday, then on the Thursday, no, no, it was a Friday. It was Friday of last week, you know. So, the previous week. The yeah, previous, previous, week. previous yeah. week. I get a call of my managers. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's an offer for you to be a staff writer. Hmm. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and you got to start next week. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. What's your ASAP? And, and and I was like, yeah. But what about the two other shows I have in development with some other people? And you know, and right. I, I was like, we get. I was like, I'm not letting you to kill those. I was like, I'm not letting those die. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna wait this. Th- you know, just, no, 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 no. Those were like really close to going with going off the pitch and stuff like that. So we had to kind of like we to argue right now. Are we to negotiate some language to let me keep those projects going? Yeah, you have to. You know? Otherwise, they own you for the entire time you're there. You can't. Yeah, they own sure. you. And I, I was like, no, the people who were involved in those are too like they're too high profile for me to just like. It's gonna make them be mad at me. And mm-hmm. then like by the time that the this that you know that I'm free, there's uh you know, their interest their interest could wane. So I was like, yeah. So we spent. All literally all weekend. I got thirty-seven emails like over that weekend wow. of us trying, of us trying to just the negotiation and everything like that. And then they were like, "All right, cl- close it on Monday." They were like, "You start tomorrow." It's like last <laughs> week. You start tomorrow on, like, a, on a show that has dang. it's not not season one that you got to get caught up on. Yeah, too. yeah, Crazy. yeah. Crazy. You start tomorrow, and I, I was like, "What?" So <laughs> there it is. You know, I mean, like the first week was great. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It, 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 it was a there's a lot of work to do, but that's fine. You know, it's not like I'm unprepared for any of it. It's not like I don't know how to do. You know, I mean, I mean, look, I've like worked with the Oscar winner mm-hmm. producer. I've worked with some big time like international producers. I've worked with some major action film producers. I've worked with a lot of different people. Um, and I've worked and this all big studio stuff, and I've yeah. done this. And, and we just finished our ticker zooms, yeah. room, so you yeah. familiar? Yeah, like, so for me, with how the room works, all that kind of stuff, it just was so. So hopping in was just like a. And here's the thing too, though, like I, mm-hmm. um, over the years, people would post stuff on Twitter about 
you know, this is what I learned about being the writers and the staff writer, blah, blah, blah. And there's all this stuff that I was just like, 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 like I was archiving. Remember this mm -hmm. woman that wrote this little notepad about like how, this is maybe 15 points about what you do as a staff writer. Like mm -hmm. how to succeed as a staff writer. And I remember she posted on Twitter. I was like, oh, just grab that and saved it. And so, and there's all these little things that people are just saying about like, staff writer behavior, staff writer behavior. So before I even went into the room the first day, I must have read those, that thing, uh, maybe a half dozen times each. Mm -hmm. Like, no, as a lot of it is, you have to know your, you have to know your place. Not like you can't talk, but you got to realize you haven't earned their trust yet. Mm -hmm. And and part of you earning your trust is how do you initially behave? You know, it's, it's okay. so much about well, can we trust this girl? Can we trust this guy? Do they know how to like, like, you know, like, can you pick your spots to contribute? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and is what you're saying actually meaningful to the discussion? And, I was, and that was, there was one thing that was on there that was basically like, if you could say like one thing that resonates each day, just one thing, then you're doing good. Right. So I, was like, oh, I was like, okay, that's my goal. I, that's my bar. I just need to be able to say one thing a day that help with, help with the discussion, help move the room forward. And I was able to do that, you know, mm -hmm. for, for, you know, for, you know, on, like this first week, every day I was able to say one thing. And it was always about like, I'm sitting here writing down notes, writing down notes of shit that I want to say. And then also I'm saying it. Oh, so I can't say that. I don't want to say that. Or, you know, and, and, and I don't want to be piggybacking off of someone else's mm -hmm. just to like, you know, to, to add sprinkle to their thing. You know, it's like, I need to say something new. They're not, that is a problem that, that they may not be seeing, but that I'm seeing in the story and that'll help with, that will kind of like, it might be like a jigsaw puzzle. Oh, if this key goes in, it turns these other things that they're, that they're worrying about. And I was able yeah. to do that each time. I was like, hey, if you guys thought about this, because maybe if we did this instead, it'll change. And like, oh, that's great. That's do blah, blah, blah. And, the, and then it sparked this whole other discussion that, you know, that I didn't have to, you know, like have something to say about because, so it's just been, it's just been awesome. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it, look, they assigned me my episode, you know, the other on Friday, Oh, in the first week. That's crazy. You know, fast. I was, I was, I was yeah. excited about, you know, um, it's just, this, it's just a, you know, it's, the, te the team is really smart. They're, I mean, you know, one thing about being in writers groups and being around some of the writers that I've been around and listening to a lot of these high-end kind of people talk about stuff is there's a, there's, there's a, there's a vernacular that they'll use in talking about story that lets you know where they are in mm. terms of like an understanding story. And when you talk to people who are, and that's so easy for them to say, oh, just whatever it is, you know, there's, you can tell when someone is really versed in their shit and they mm. really know with their shit. Because one of the things about doing this, you don't ever, this you don't ever do when you're writing a movie and you don't do when you're writing a pilot is you don't think about the arcs from like your third and fourth leads and stuff like that. You just don't right. think about that because in the pilot you can't. You think about the arc for the episode but not for the season. And right. in the movie you don't necessarily do that because it's really about one person's journey and there's one central relationship and you worry about that 
it's just a brief, it's what, it's 100 to 120 pages. You don't have to worry about all this kind of, I mean, that's an easy art to figure out, you know, when you're writing a movie. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's, it's easier to, you know what I'm saying? You just got to figure out for the movie. You have to figure it out for like 10 hours, yeah, 12 hours. It comes to an end. Yeah, it comes to an end. Yeah. So it's um so so that's something that I was looking at like oh this is where the experience of being in the room multiple times like really helps you because you understand how what what you're saying is not you know like you're not talking about the episode you're talking about what the arc is for the season and then you, and then it's like how you sprinkle that out throughout the episodes that's something that that you don't do when you're writing. Yeah. A pilot, and that's it's great to learn that to see these people like like you know put that together you know kind of on the fly because that's what I mean, and that's the beauty of a TV room is that you're not trying to do it on your own. You don't have to do it on your own. Like they all can say stuff and just you know spin it up, spin it up, spin it up. Does it work? No, maybe go this way too. So it's it's there's a speed to it that's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I I talk about a lot, too, is in TV, like you said, you work on that whole first season, right? So you can arc it all out to what's going to happen in, you know, in the finale or whatever. And then you go back to episode two, because usually the pilot is already shot for the most part, and then you slow down. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And now you get everything leading up to that moment where you have the turns and the twists and then now this new reveal and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, happens here and there. But... Leading up to that, you figure out the whole season. Yeah. You know, it was a little difficult, different on our show that we just did on Ticker because we were an anthology show. So every episode was its own little close in. It's own little you know thing, I mean? you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I mean, there was the theme of the episode. I mean, there's all the stuff you do that when you're writing a singular script that you have to worry about. But, you know, but so there's all this these different things you have to kind of, there's a, there's just a, there's, a, there's all stuff that if, that if you are, that, that, that if you have dedicated the time to, to working on your craft and mm-hmm. understanding what story is about and how characters are, even in an episode, you can figure out, so you have the skill set already. Yeah. Uh, you should. It's just the question of, you got to be able to flex it larger. You know, it's basically like, you know, like the, you know, it's like if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're just competing in Germany and that, or Austria, well, he was in Germany and although he's Austrian, he's all that German shit he was doing. And now it's time to compete. It's time, it's now it's time to compete for Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, okay, I know what to do. I know how to work out. I know how to do all, you know, and what, I mean, like Arnold is such a fascinating guy. I bring this up because he was saying this one time, and I really believe this. This has to do with what we were talking about this, a, a, a yesterday about the imposter syndrome thing. Mm-hmm. He was saying that he would win these Mr. Olympia things because of his mental resilience. Mm. And he, meaning, his, meaning what? Well, he was like, it's kind of like, you know, people would say with, with Mike Tyson. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that he beats them before he right when he walked in the ring. All right. You know, and, and yeah. he, and he was, it's in the eyes. You could tell. You, it's in yeah. the eyes, and he was like, he was like, most of my winning was, was you know, like was in the brain. Because he was like, there were guys who had, you know, like these better bodies than me or better parts of their bodies than me. But I mm-hmm. could go in there and say, he would say, oh yeah, you know, I would go in there. We're we're getting ready for the couple weeks before whatever it is the week before the thing, and he was like, oh. 
is that you're training legs? Oh, okay. He's saying like that to them. And That's like, funny. What's wrong? What's up wrong with my leg? You know, I can, right. I can fuck with them mentally. Interesting. And then he'd be able to get up there and get up there on the and do the posing because he knew mentally I'm the best. I belong here and I win. And that's so his energy one, not his body all, all the time. Right, right, right. And that has to do with what we were saying. We were talking about about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's in your brain. You have the ability to do the writing. You have the, right. if, if, if you got there, you have the skill set to do what they want you to do. That's why they brought you on. Right. So you just so just believe that, you know, and even if you don't know what why, why they brought you on per se, they know that you have it. So it's just for you just to do you, just to, just to lean into what you do and do best. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and perhaps you don't know what you do best, but you know that you wrote well to get to get the attention of everyone. Like I like 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 I remember there was a, a tweet that Tweet little thread that Amy Bird put on mm-hmm. the saving. This is gonna be 2018, 17, and she was like, "Look, if you're getting a show in her meeting, somebody read your script and loved it. They didn't just like it, mm. loved it. Right. Enough to talk to other people about it and get them to read it. Right. And so, it's multiple people have probably read you by the time you get the show in her meeting." So whatever you did in that, it sparked someone's interest. So therefore, just know that you had it to get in the room. And if the room feels intimidating, it's because you're it's because you're in an environment that you've never been in when you've been writing before. Because you're always writing solo, mm-hmm. you know. And that was the main thing that was tricky for me. I was like, oh, I'm writing. This is like I write solo so much, and I write movies where it's like, you know. I have the final decision. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a movie. It's mine. I'm telling you what's going to happen. But for this, it's like the main thing I'm saying is not about me. So with day right. one, so it's and the minute you can make that shift and, and go, look, I just have to contribute. I don't, you know what? I don't have to be the A-list person every day. I just have to be an A-list contributor every day. An A-list right. contributor. That's not a different different mindset. And the difficult thing about it is, is trying to, like, people always ask you, like, how do you find your voice when you're writing, you know, even like on an episodic show? I think you find your voice, you don't necessarily find it within the dialogue, because it is what it is of whatever the character, especially if you're coming in season two or three or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think you can find your voice in the descriptions and the actions. That's where you can start to play just a little bit to show this is Chris writing Oh, for yeah. sure. I describe it like this, but it still says the same thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, like I, you know, like I had read two episodes that the showrunner wrote mm-hmm. on a previous show, just so I can get understanding of how he writes. Right. You know, because this is and this is this is like this is this is doing the negotiation before we close the deal before I got stuff from right. the, from my show or the show I'm writing on. And I was like, okay, but how does he write? Because I know that a lot of it is, like, I got to get into his voice to a degree. You know, and I'm reading stuff, and I'm like, okay, he writes really well. He wouldn't, but, but I could tell by the way he writes that the way that I write is not going to derail his thinking. Right. You know, I was like, oh, it's, I mean, I mean, I, you got to appreciate what I bring as a writer. 
I, I know that. I mean, I, I know that's why they brought me on. I mean, like, we have a very top-heavy room. There's like two two low levels, and everyone else is like co-producer or above. Um, and supervisor, supervisor, producer or above. So it's very top-heavy. But right. it's like he brought me on because he's something you need. And the episode they gave me is like, oh, it totally fits what I can do. I, I just, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I was like, I do all this shit and, and make it sing on the page. Right. I just, I mean, it, but, but that's my thing anyway. It's like I've been telling you, we've been talking about this for years. It's like, mm-hmm. you can put me on any show and I can make this, the script sing. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, damn, the, the other writers and the damn cast or, and the director are going to be like, who wrote this? You know, like to me, like, that's my goal when I write anything is, is to have the people go, who wrote this? Right. If they don't know me, it's like, I have to make you know me. You know, I mean, it's, sure. it's, one, of, it's one of the things that, it's one of the things that I, you know, you know like years <laughs> maybe four, when I started writing my Orson Welles movie, I don't know if I ever told you the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, you know, I had been trying to write it and I got, I got, I don't say writer's bark, but I could never find time to write it. There's so much other shit going on. I just felt bad. And I was like, I, I maybe get like half a scene done a, a week or some shit like that. Or maybe mm-hmm. a page. Just shit was, I was like, I can't write this slow. Why am I writing this slow? And I got this coach to help me say, here's how you can get through the thing. You, If you just spend, take three hours on a Sunday mm-hmm. and you just write those three hours. You, and, and then for the rest of the week, you know you've accomplished something during that week. And if you write anything else during the week, that's gravy. But you got your three. So you took the pressure off yourself. Took the pressure off myself, mm-hmm. and, I, and and then I was able to just to like, like like whip through the script. I I missed out like thirty pages. It took me like three three four months to get thirty pages, which didn't mm-hmm. take that long. But instead of doing that, I got through the rest of the script in like a month and a half. Right. Two drafts of script, like a month and a half. But part of what I was doing when I was doing that was, this is the mental game. Part mm-hmm. of it is is that. She was saying to me, she was like, you're so passionate about this story and, and passionate about this script and, and the way that you're telling me about it, it sounds so fascinating. It's like, she was like, I, I, I don't believe there's other people who don't know, how, you know, like your ability. And I was like, I don't know if enough people do. She was <laughs> like, well, you have to work on that. So what I would do is, you know, like in the mornings when I would meditate, I would say to myself, I'm an A-list writer and the town doesn't know it yet. Mm. You know, and I would say that, just in my head, I would repeat that phrase for right. like five minutes before I did anything, like before I did any writing. Just to, to, let, to let myself know that like, I'm the t- like, like, I have the ability to be at the top of the game. Right. And I know that. It's just that people don't know it yet, and they will. And I told you, I had a, I, it, it was so, I think part of the reason why I was so emotional the other day when we talked about this and you told me what happened, well, number one, you're my dude, so of course I'm going to be emotional about it. But it was also, I literally had had a dream the night before that you were literally talking to comic <laughs> You know what I mean? But it was about something that you created at that time. You know what I mean? You oh, were literally yes, on the know. big, you were on the big stage. And so when you told me that, I was like, that's one step closer to yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, and, but, and but, let me just finish this line. I'm probably yeah. just... And, 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 and the other thing is, remember, most of our friends, including yourself and me, when I got my last show, I was down 
ready to be like, fuck it, we should just go to Scottsdale. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were at a place where you're like, hell, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit is not going oh, great. Oh, 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 oh for sure. Oh, 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 I'm going to say right now. After the thing with the Brandy show, when the, when the network was so hot on me, and my and 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 three and three people three EPs I know in the Blandy network, like like the, like they basically said, let us know when you're officially submitted, and we'll talk to the showrunner. It just didn't get out of the Blandy network, like the like the executive the, the, the executive the executive I I I didn't do that meeting right with her, the, the executive over there. So I know that's where it stalled. Even though people for Warner Bros were hot on me and they're offering me other shows and shit like that. It's just that's what it was, and that really bothered me because I was like, "What did I do wrong in that meeting?" And I, but but I realized what I did wrong after. Well, I, you were well, you were thrown because you thought somebody well, knew something. Yes, I thought there, there was yeah, that. I can see I, that. That that was a big thing, and just and and because it and because it fucking it, it drew this blank stare. I was kind of like, right. I don't know how to. So I had to pivot, and I was in a way that was. I, but then I also realized, it was like I was saying, like. I had to figure out a better way to sell myself mm-hmm. than to go in there and talk about just briefly what I am and say, "Hey, with so and so was blah blah blah." It was like, like you know what? It's kind of like what I what I, what I learned a lot in some of the acting classes that I've I've been taking and that, that is that they always say to you as an actor, you have to be so good that you are director proof. Mm. And what they mean by that is not that you don't listen to the director. But you don't know the director you're going to get. You don't know if the director can judge your performance right. You don't know if the director is solely someone who worries about camera angles and blocking and lighting and doesn't and is afraid to talk to the actors. Because that happens a lot. I remember Sam mm-hmm. Jackson, when he worked on that movie to negotiate, he said, I'm never working with that guy again because he didn't have to, he's just by the monitor all day. He never talked mm-hmm. to me. He never gave me any feedback. You know, and, I'm, and the guy who was teaching me... Um, one of the guys in the Playhouse, he, you know, he directed that... He directed... Since Howie Deutsch, he directed a movie with um, like uh, Grumpy Old Men or Grumpy Old Men or something like that. And he was mm-hmm. saying that Jack Lemmon, it's like one of the last Jack, this is one of Jack Lemmon's like last movies. So he'd been in the right. business for like 50 years. He comes up to him and he, he says, This is not going to work unless you can direct me. Hmm. So you have to direct me. Do oh, Lemon said that to him. Yes, said that to oh, him. Okay. Right. He was like, "Look, I can do anything you want, but you got to tell me what you want." Right. You know, and it was like, "Oh, so it's not about," you know. So I, I, I said that because it's like you, as the writer, when you go to a meeting, you can't rely on if someone set the meeting up for you. You can't rely on what that person like. Like you can't rely on how, how that person pitched you. You right. hope they pitched you well. I mean, like the one guy who did get the meeting for me at, at Warner Brothers, he forwarded me the email to let me know what the exchange was. So I knew exactly mm-hmm. how he pitched me. And right. that's why I made that re- that meeting work really well. Mm-hmm. And I was able to use this other thing. I mean, it's just, but like like I said, it's like like that, like that kind of threw me off my game. And I was just so upset. I was like, God damn it. Like, you know, like I want to get this i bought the staffing thing i also know it, it would have been, it would been easier if i'm on the staff the stuff i'm doing with joe could be easier to get done mm-hmm. so the stuff i'm working on with people is, is easier because then they're not going to be looking at you like who's this writer that you're bringing in joe he's not in the system why right. should we fucking fuck with him you know and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's too much it's an ask that i don't want someone who works with me like that to have to, to have to fight the battle of 
you know, because, I mean, like, he should be able to use his currency on some other battle, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, just bring in my boy, because that is like, why should we do that? That's, mm-hmm. and that's a waste of, his, of what he's earned. So now that I'm on the show, it just make it easier. Make it easier yeah. to do everything going forward in the TV space, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, but 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 there's this the, the mental game of it is hard, you know. And it's yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, like I was, you know, look, I, I I think I was telling you in the summer, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start taking some classes to, to do cybersecurity because <laughs> you know, fits. I need some money, you know. Right. I'm, I need some money, and the <clears throat> pandemic thing has affected it affected how I was making money. Right. Drastically, and I was like, "Yeah, but you know what? Cybersecurity is is never is it's going to keep increasing. <laughs> Computers is fucking Putin and shit, fucking up shit is it's, it's never going to go away. It's never going to go away. Sure. Like, so I should do that. So last thing I wanted to say because we didn't say it yet. Um, you guys have probably noticed he hasn't told you what the show is because we can't we can't talk about right. it. Right, I can't tell you what the show is. I can't tell yeah. you anything about it. We'll announce it when we can, though. We'll yeah, announce but, it. But you know, but but but. but but like that was bolded, italicized, and underlined in the contract. You cannot <laughs> say anything publicly or post about this. Yeah. I was like, damn! <laughs> I've never seen a legal contract with bold, underlined, and italics. Yeah. I was like, okay, they serious. Don't well, they go in the contracts? They go, they go far depending on the show. Like I said, on our show, uh, Deadly Class, I can say this now because it's done. Like it was called something else. You know, whenever you read the scripts. So even if we decided we wanted to like take a picture of it and post it on Twitter, it didn't say Deadly Glass. Yeah. So you'd be like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so sometimes you get on shows and they're fucking all on Twitter and you know promoting shit and Instagram and doing all, all kinds of stuff. And some shows are like, "Guys, this is all private." You know, yeah. especially yeah. dealing with a big star like you guys are dealing with. Yeah. You know, you got keep, you got to keep, keep it, it on the low and, and keep it all private, like like until. They give you to go ahead, you know. Yeah. They give you to go ahead, and it's just I'm, I'm, I'm like, look, I, uh, I mean, like, I, I mean, I've, I've told a few people what what I'm on, what I'm doing, but you know, because obviously I I can't, it's not it's 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 not like complete gag order. I'm just I'm not telling anyone publicly. So yeah, I think it's smart. You yeah. know, it, it'll be they'll they'll. I assume by November, December, the word of just, you know, they're just they're just working out the kinks. Once they know everything's riding smooth, they'll announce and they'll do their thing. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if not, when it comes out, you tell everybody. When, yeah, when it, it comes is. out, when, when it comes out, there'll be a a, a post of the yeah. credit page written written by, you know. And this is and this is one of those shows because of the name you have behind it, and it already has the following. You don't even really like some shows need people to be tweeting and posting and stuff like that to to remind the audience. Like you guys already have that audience, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So then no, you're gonna have three or four million people watching it just because. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So great. yeah, I feel, I feel you. No doubt. But, yeah. Well, thanks, Chris, man. I'm very, very fucking so happy and proud of you, dude. I just know I know the struggle. Um, I know how hard you worked. Um, you know, like I said, I, I see it in your writing, you know, and I agree with you and all the executives who read you, you know, you should have been staffed a long time ago. Um, and, 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 I, and it's funny because we both had the same feeling. I didn't think I was going to be staffed either. You know, I thought I was going to come in because I sold a show or, you know, made a movie or something. You know, both of us thought the same thing. And then that wasn't my journey. You know, I did have to take a staff job. 
But what it did for me is the same thing it's doing for you. Now it's opened up doors for me to develop, <clears throat> you know, just well, because I was on something. There's that. I mean, look, I mean, it, and it's, it's look, you know, it's like I'm not, I, I still have those, I still have the three, I still have three movies, mm-hmm. right? And so now it's just a question of juggling my time to do, oh, and those two of the TV shows that we got the carve out language in, like, like in the, the, uh, the, the contract. So it's right. like, so it's, it's kind of like there's no, I'm, I'm less busy than what I was before because I don't have to do it like a job to make money, right. which would, which would steal maybe, you know, four, 12 hours a day mm-hmm. out of my like days to, you know, where it's a lot of time, writing. it's a lot of time, mm-hmm. but that's being replaced by, I'm writing and getting paid for that, and getting paid like really well compared to what the stuff I was doing, and mm-hmm. then, you know, because that is like freelancing is just a, a, a difficult thing, and, yeah, and it's inconsistent. Inconsistent as hell. Yeah. And but the thing is, is, so it's not, it's you know, I mean, I'm not gonna do any of this work, you know, uh, you know, like on their time. You know, it's mm-hmm. really about. But it's like you know, I mean, there's times, you know, like last summer I was working, working at that ad agency. It was mm-hmm. like, look. I have times on on Fridays. Basically, I, I carved it out where from noon to three on Saturdays and Sundays was when I would write every week. Right. The rest mm-hmm. of the time, I couldn't. It's like during the week, I had I, there was all that work to do. The agency was in commuting there with no car, all this mm-hmm. kind of crazy ass shit, and just and I just was like, and also because I was doing design work and everything like that, it, it, I was kind of like, I don't have the the mental energy at night. Mm-hmm. to do creative work on my own. I, I mean, I would do a little bit here or there and stuff at night, like maybe write a scene or something like that or do some editing. So, uh, you, you know, so to me, it's just a question of, okay, look, you know, because this is my thing. I don't want to be coming out of this this great opportunity and having to, like, ramp the car up. Right. You know, on the movies, on the de- like, like on the development stuff. I mean, look, I mean, look, I am so like so grateful and thankful that they gave me the opportunity to keep doing those other two TV projects. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I mean, so they know. I mean, there's stipulations and restrictions, but it's but there's there's not that, you know. Right. And, and 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 that we can move forward and do all the necessary stuff to work with those, which is fantastic. Right. Um, and, and that's where I, you know, because, you know, the one thing that you always hear about is, you know, like how difficult, as hard as the first job is, the second job is even harder, a lot of people say. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, and it's like, if you got to start from scratch, you know, start start the engine cold, that's not good uh, I mean, for me, you know. Plus, it's like, you know, it's like I got too many ideas for me to just like shut everything down, you know, because I'm used to writing so many things at once. I, mean, I use the same way. You write. You, if you're used to, you used to creating a lot of projects at once. You just have to like to, to balance your brain to like. Okay, so the job is eighty percent of it. Of, of mm-hmm. you know, I still have twenty percent. I can like sprinkle here and there, and that and that's the weekends, you know. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. Well, like I said, man, I'm super proud of you, dude. Um, can't wait to see what you guys do on the show. Um, you know, to see the growth that you're going to learn, you know, the things you're going to grow from that. It's just, it's just amazing. You're going to be even more dangerous, you know? Yeah. Well, I I mean, I mean, look, to me, to me, that's the thing that I, 
like really love about it. I mean, it's, even though we've only done a, a week, uh, you know, the way I am with stuff like this, I can just suck up the knowledge like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And and because I love learning about the writing craft, I just, right. I just love learning about the craft, and I just actually just just love to learn in general. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a dream for me because I'm like you know I'm, I'm not saying it's easy on any level. I'm just saying it's like one of those things where it's like I'm so enthusiastic that it doesn't seem like work, right. you know. And I'm sure like even when I'm on script and I got to spend twelve thirteen hours a day on the script, it's not going to seem like that, you know. Right. So, um, I'm Awesome. Understood. Well, thanks, man. This is awesome. Um, like I said, super, super proud of you. I can't say it enough. Um, so, uh, where are you at, Chris? Derek? <clears throat> I am at unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Right. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Instagram, same thing. Facebook, whatever. Um, you can follow us, um, also screenwriters RR on Twitter, <clears throat> any questions, screenwriters rant room at gmail.com. Um, you always forget that when you do your final episode. No, I know. <laughs> it's funny. Um, also, uh, you can please give us a five-star review. I haven't said that in a while. I just noticed it, um, on, on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, you know, Google play, whatever you guys listen to. We need that for the metrics. Um, what else, Chris? Oh, go to our uh, to screenwritersrr.com, which is our website, where you can buy mugs, which is which is what Ryan Candy just bought. You can buy yeah. T-shirts. There's some new T-shirts with the new logo, uh, and you can support the Patreon. There's there's a link for you to support the Patreon directly on screenwritersrr.com. There's a whole store of shit to buy mugs. Yeah, uh, there's someone who bought that uh, that thing called from from freelance that the WJ book from freelancer mm-hmm. to showrunner just to to understand what's expected of you at each level of the game and in, in TV. Uh, that's didn't didn't Felicia D Henderson buy that T-shirt that you have about the the women? She bought a T-shirt. No, no. She certain she bought said um, it was this uh, uh, every story. It was it was something about a story. It was like a typewriter okay. thing, you know. Mm-hmm. She bought that. I think she, I think she might have bought the, the about the female director thing too. I can't mm-hmm. remember, you know. Um, but yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean, people is buying shit because, you know, people want to support the show. So support <laughs> the show by going sure. to the damn thing. Exactly, exactly. Five dollars a month, ten dollars yeah, a month, five two dollars a month. Ten, you know, <laughs> screen RR. Please exactly. support. Dot com. Support the show. That's what's up. Um, shout out to Lisa, Lisa Colt Jam, wherever she is. I think she said she was in Mexico, didn't she? Now she said she was going. She was going for a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. So hope, hopefully she'll be back soon. And um, we got more stuff in store. I think next week um, I got some some more interviews we're going to be doing with some more people um, coming up, stuff like that. So it'll be a lot a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, um, so anyway, y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are 
diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room